didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have finally made it to Stranger Things season four, and we're here, we're back with chapter one called The Hellfire Club, and Colin is here with your summary. The first chapter of Stranger Things 4, titled The Hellfire Club, debuted on Netflix on May 27th, 2022. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of one hour, 18 minutes and eight seconds. We begin on September 8th, 1979, a little more than four years before Stranger Things 1, as Dr. Brenner gets ready to head off to the lab. Once there, he works with 10 before alarms start going off. Brenner gets knocked out, and when he comes to, he goes to investigate, seeing carnage everywhere. In the rainbow room, he sees a bloody and young Eleven standing there and asks her, what have you done? Back in the present, which is March 21st, 1986, five months after the Byers clan rolled their U-Haul out of Dodge, Elle and Will are heading off to school. She tells Mike in a letter that everything is going swimmingly. She has friends. Joyce is selling encyclopedias, and Jonathan, with his new pal Argyle, gets high a lot. Meanwhile, in Hawkins, Mike and Dustin are back to playing D&D as part of the Hellfire Club. Nancy's ready to go to Emerson College in the fall. Max is struggling a little and has broken up with Lucas who runs with the cool kids on the hoops team. Steve and Robin are still at family video and both are pining for a nice, meaningful relationship. At the school pep rally on the day of the championship game, Uber jock Jason fires up the crowd with a long and flowery speech, reflecting on the Starcourt Mall tragedy. Dustin and Mike realize Lucas won't be able to play D&D that night. Back in Cali, Joyce gets a Russian doll in the mail. She calls Murray, who tells her to break it open and see what's inside. She finds a ransom note saying Hopper is still alive. Elle gives her Hopper diorama presentation and gets mocked by Angela. In the courtyard, the bullying continues, culminating with Elle trying to force push Angela, but nothing happens. Angela gets hauled off to the principal's office. Max meets with her guidance counselor and then confronts Lucas in the hall before ducking into the bathroom where she finds Chrissy puking up her lunch. Once Max leaves, Chrissy has a terrifying vision of a hideous monster. Dustin and Mike try unsuccessfully to get Dungeon Master Eddie to postpone that night's gathering, and they're just told to find a sub for it. After a snazzy montage, the guys recruit Erica. Chrissy has recovered enough to meet Eddie in the woods to score some special K. They share a nice moment and agree to meet up after the game to go to his place to get the drugs. At the big game, after a rousing national anthem, Lucas comes off the bench to score the winning basket, while at the same time, Erica rolls the winning die to defeat the evil D&D villain, Vecna. A while later, Max notices Eddie, her neighbor, arrive home with Chrissy. Inside his trailer, Chrissy is possessed by the real-life Vecna and hallucinates some nasty stuff before being levitated and broken. Eddie tries to help but can only watch as Chrissy's mortal coil is unceremoniously shuffled off. The end of chapter one. Did you catch who was singing the national anthem? I, that, was, that was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> and I love the look that Steve and Robin gave each other. It was so good. She she did sound like a Muppet. Tammy Thompson back from Nashville. Yep, sure was. was. So welcome yep. back. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> it <laughs> right, feels wanna, like it's been years. You want to just jump right in with homework and we'll get going? We should. We should. I've got some homework for you. You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Uh, I think they're all pretty easy, but what can I do? Um, number one, what does Erica roll to win the game during the Hellfire Club meeting? She rolled a 20. Correct. Bonus points if you know what Dustin rolled that lost the round. Ooh, I don't know. I don't remember. I knew. I don't know now. 14? No. Nope. 11. That seems fitting. Well, seems like it could be some foreshadowing. <laughs> Okay, number two, who did Angela do her project on? Oh, uh, Helen Keller. Correct. Number three, what is Elle's teacher's name? The one that they did the their project in. Uh, it's like Miss Ms. Grayson, Gray, Grayson, Grayson? Close, Gracie. Gracie, okay. Miss Grace, like Mrs. That. Gracie. 
that uh, um, that, that math teacher was kind of she was old, mean yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> um and that was supposed to be 11th best subject but right. whatever number four what does miss kelly the hawkins high counselor ask max if it's going better there's one thing in particular she's like she asks her about several things but she's asked if one thing in particular is going better my my initial thought was like her home life because i remember she said that her mom was still drinking and that neil had left and neil was gone it was it nightmares was it nightmares Headache? close she asked her if she, well she did ask her about the headaches but she asked her if she'd been sleeping better <sighs> and then she asked if she was still having the nightmares okay final question what's the time stamp that vicky returned fast times at ridgemont high 53 5305 for boobies right 5305 5305 i just had 53 5305 for boobies yeah i knew it was boobies but i had 53 <laughs> nobody leaves fast times paused at 53 minutes unless you're looking at the boobs i think it was 53 minutes and five seconds i think yeah. all right all right excellent excellent that was weird <laughs> Clearly, we are on a uh, on the same mind. Same wavelength. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, uh, are we are we ready to talk about the episode? Yeah. Where do you, you want to? Boy, I don't know where to start. I know there is a lot to get into. Um, we should touch on the lab stuff first. I think. Obviously, um, yeah. I did get a kick out of the drawing and the whole dog versus cow <laughs> interaction. Why was like Tin so sweet? <laughs> Tin was adorable, wasn't he? Yes. And I really wonder if they are, and if you're listening, you know that this, uh, this podcast is, it does have spoilers, but we will try to only spoil whichever episode we're speaking about as much as we can. But I feel like they've kind of painted Brenner as a much gentler doctor i don't know if gentler is the right word yeah no i think yeah i think the whole opening bit with the crossword and uh you know it's still kind of ominous that it was his face that we see first um, well did you notice how it paralleled hoppers yeah like think back to season one when yeah. hopper's getting ready yeah when he's brushing his teeth with a cigarette yeah oh uh, <laughs> um but yeah he was very um very patient with the kids and very seemed very caring and then, I mean, his reaction, obviously, at the end, I mean, which is a normal reaction, anybody would say what, but, right. you know, it was like, oh my God, what have you done? You know, so. Well, and it was, I was like, was Tin his favorite? Because he was very upset that Tin was dead. Not that he wasn't upset that, left, that the rest of them weren't, but I mean, he was like cradling Tin and I was. Yeah, I was, um, I actually, watching it a couple of times, I kept looking for eight um, for Callie, Callie, Callie. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that this was after she had departed. Um, I feel like they've just retconned that whole like side story. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to hear back from Cat. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine wherever <laughs> they maybe learned their lesson after the, out, maybe. the outcry. Yeah. So, so obviously, yes, this, this storyline will get resolved um, way further down the line in volume one and then obviously in volume two. So we can talk more about that when the time comes. But so let's jump to California. Um, mm-hmm. Eleven is writing her letter. She says it's day 185, which puts their move out date at September 18th, 1985, um, which was kind of strange because, because it was. It was definitely. It said three months later in on July fourth. You know, because yeah, the, the, would have the, been the October fair thing. Mm-hmm. So I took it as kind of being October because three months after July fourth would be October fourth, roughly. But it was actually, I guess, two and a half months because um, she says day one eighty five. Um, yeah. And I, I, well, I didn't count. I googled I've... <laughs> backwards. Um, um, so yeah, September eighteenth, nineteen eighty five is is where they moved out. I guess so which is weird. Yeah. I, yeah. Will's painting. I, what are you confusing what he's painting? No, I'm not confused. I've seen so I'm, many theories about I'm, what I'm he sure, could be painting. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's going to come back up, obviously. Um, I mean, they, they keep talking about it. And then when they're, you know, later in the season, when they're rushing out the door, um, he grabs it. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's clearly important. It's something for Mike, obviously. I've yeah. seen theories that it's the swing set that he and Mike met on when they decided to be best friends. I've, 
I've seen theories that it is um, the whole group of them playing Dungeons and Dragons, which (laughs) I did see this one meme where it was like Will welcoming Mike home and it was like it was one of those from like the fire like the during the ncaa championship and someone or no not not i'm sorry i'd seen that you know people tang sheets up yeah when and they paint on them for yeah. you know championship someone had written welcome back cheater <laughs> because mike's mike's mike, mike wouldn't play any D with will in season three <laughs> like susie leaves he joins the, the dungeon dragons club at ice like, that one's kind of, like, I mean, that's why I mentioned that in the uh, in the recap at the beginning. I'm like, well, they're back playing D and D. No, Mike's yeah, not there. Like, I mean, did they or just no, not, not want there. to play yeah. with Will? I mean. <laughs> that's just really funny. Yeah. So obviously, we had several hints about um, Will's sexuality. With um, he did the poster on Alan Turing, um, yeah. who was famously persecuted for being gay. And then there was that little quick moment when the girl was kind of rubbing her shoe up his leg. Yeah, she, and, he like recoils. Yeah. Yeah, so but obviously, you know. they uh, Noah Schnapp and Millie Bobby Brown actually did an interview today, or it came out today, talking about how the beauty of Will's identity is that there's no label for it. And, and Noah Schnapp said that he gets aggravated sometimes that people are constantly, I don't know if aggravated is the right word, don't quote me on that, but he often thinks he's just confused and he's still growing up considering that, you know, and that is another thing to consider that, you know, Will was stuck in an alternate dimension that is going to, that is definitely going to cause some lasting trauma in your development. It makes sense that he's maybe not on the same level as his friends. Yeah. And and honestly, I mean, I don't care either way, but I I mean, no, I don't either. They're going out of their way to drop massive. I personally think that he is, in my opinion, I feel like they have dropped way too many hints for him to not, be gay like right. he has to like there's yeah, just I, yeah they, and they, even yeah. in the pitch bible they said you know he's a young 12 year old struggling with sexual identity issues so sure. i think that that's been clear from the yeah, start which is fine i just i just wanted to point out the various clues yeah they the are moment. and they are building it up where it's i mean i guess this is skipping ahead a couple episodes but i mean it's kind of clear when mike arrives he's he's got a crush on mike for sure yeah yeah. And I don't think anybody ever questioned whether or not he had a crush on Mike. It's just whether or not Mike reciprocates the feelings. Right. Uh, so how about Argyle? Is he one of your favorite new guys? I do. I love him. I, I, bet, I, I like Eddie a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do agree. love them both. Ar- Argyle's comedic timing is chef's kiss. Yes. I, I love the, um, the weeder, the bird feeder. <laughs> weeder. Oh, <yeah. laughs> makes. I thought that was really good. Uh, yeah he's really funny actually, I, love him. I actually like that whole scene uh, when they were kind of cutting back and forth with nancy talking to mm-hmm. fred and um jonathan talking to argyle and they were kind of having the same conversation two thousand miles away it was it was yeah it was, it was some good writing and good editing there i like that oh before we go too much further i did want to mention um obviously lots of new people mm-hmm. um in front of the camera behind the camera we've had some changes too uh, Chris Trujillo, who's the production designer, is still around, and Craig Hennigan, who's a su- sound supervisor, is still around. They, they both won Emmys for their work. And Nora Felder, uh, who's the music supervisor, picks all the, you know, the 80s music and everything. She's still around. Uh, new cinematographer, Tim Ives is gone. Caleb Heyman is the new cinematographer, and he was the cinematographer for Fear Street, the Fear Street oh, trilogy. Oh, cool. Um, same cinematographer for that. And then also gone is Amy Paris, uh, who is the costume designer. And um Aww. My buddy Bob Gorlick, who is the Steadicam operator, I talked about him so much in the first yeah. season about all the great shots they did. Okay, so we'll go back to Lenora, and I don't really want to harp on Eleven and getting bullied. I mean, Angela's just a ridiculous, awful character. Oh gosh, um, I did have an issue though because Angela, and this comes out much more in the next episode, is calling her a snitch, even though. She specifically said, like, j- like she was like, it's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Angela so that sucks. Was, that was strange. Okay, so let's let's talk about Joyce and Murray real quick, and then we can get into the Hawkins um, storyline. So Joyce is selling Encyclopedia Britannica, which I think is great. Well, is was that a real work from home job back then? It was a door to door job. So I mean, I I think. I, I remember. It was like, is that their like little wink wink to the pandemic? Like yeah. <laughs> we're all working from home. Yeah. Um, could very well have been rewritten to make it work from home, but yeah. And I love how uh, Murray was talking about his um, karate from one to three on Fridays. 
Oh, yeah. And I really loved it how they did it, how she was talking about the doll and said the doll has nipples. And it was just the moment that he got into the ice bath. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And he made this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sound. When she was talking about the doll having nipples and looked kind of looked at the phone a little funny, which I thought was great. <laughs> and then I couldn't figure out for the life of me why she wasn't just taking a hammer to break the thing open. And then finally he explains, you know, it could have poison or gas or whatever. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Funny. So, so that was Joyce and Murray. It's, it was great to see Murray back. Um, they haven't lost a step. I, I, I really enjoyed them. So, all right. So let's get to Hawkins. And we start out with uh, Karen and her perm. Oh my gosh, Karen, this is her flash dance era and no one can tell me otherwise. Her hair, her sweatbands, all of it. Like she is just living her best life with that perm. Like she definitely goes to Jazzercise at whatever mall has been rebuilt in oh, place absolutely. of Starport. <laughs> and Ted's up to his, <laughs> his usual Oh, self. Ted. More, more he gets like a the, few more lines this season. More now. like the dropout club. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're such a lame dad joke. <laughs> Or no, sweetie pie. Yeah. <laughs> it tells him he can't go to California. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Dustin um, and Susie doing their war games um, grade change or Ferris Bueller, however you want to look at it. You know, I really wish they had kept Susie a secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really, honestly, maybe they just underestimated the craziness of Stranger Things fans because they didn't announce her that someone just like caught the wallpaper that right. they showed yeah they showed the one of the one of the still photos yeah so that's cool yeah so steve um is having sex with heidi robin is massively in love with vicky they're both you know in in relationship did you uh, find it odd that steve still gives robin a ride to school even though yeah. graduated two years ago <laughs> i mean that is a true best friend yeah i mean presumably he's going to give her a ride back to the video store or something after school i mean i'm like but you know the video store doesn't open that early so he has to get up and get ready (laughs) i don't know go steve how can we figure out how to put them in a car together oh right he could just yeah give her a ride and then lucas and max have uh broken up obviously i know i didn't like that i didn't either i mean Um, it makes sense but yeah but I, i i did like them i thought they were one of the one of the cuter couples and then uh, what about Jason's speech at the, at the pep rally? I mean, good. Oh gosh, what about Lord. Jason in general? Jason and like, he, just, oh, I, w- I will say this. He was perfectly cast because I look he right really at him. He really is. And him, and Angela, him and Angela were both perfectly cast. Him. Yeah, I would just want to punch both of them. So Well, and, and I'm like, who? Like what he does to like the prettiest girl at Hawkins High. Love you, babe. Like nobody would do that. No, nobody. No, like, certainly would. No. But did you notice? So I was very curious. It probably means nothing, but I'm always like my ears like perk up whenever anything that doesn't fit, you know, especially with the duffers and you know how notorious they are for hiding clues, but they listed off everybody that was quote unquote killed at Starcourt, but they also added a few names that I didn't know. Yeah. I just figured they were kind of random eh. people because obviously the whole town disintegrated or half the town disintegrated, but yeah, he name checked Heather, name checked Billy mm-hmm. um, and Hopper. But yeah, there were a couple of names um, that um, I I assume they were kind of the collateral damage, you know, the guys at the barbecue that wandered off or, you know, whatever. Never not think about that little boy that wanders off. Yeah. Makes me real sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we mentioned uh, Max went to the guidance counselor. She's living with her mom in the trailer park and the stepdad is gone, has has gone away. Mm -hmm. Did you... I'm sure you did eventually, but how quickly did you pick up on Chrissy's bulimia? I'm curious. Uh, when she was in the bathroom. Okay. Cause my, my initial thought when something like that, Oh, she's pregnant. When she's pregnant. Somebody yeah. else said that. And it didn't cross my mind. And I don't know why. Cause usually it would have, but it was when her mom said, I've let, I think she said oh, she's let the, let the, the, let the shirt, shirt out. out. Yeah. The shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, Oh, but they really didn't do that great of a job giving her backstory i didn't think no i don't either uh i mean you can get it now with the with the clue i mean with the with the whole table when she's having her episode at, at um eddie's place the whole table of food. filled with food yeah with it the reminded me very much of that scene from nightmare on elm street i think it's four yeah where there's a supermodel who's like everybody's eating yeah. and freddie like force feeds her yeah i think it, it it took me i think it was in the first watch but 
when we get to the kind of the end of the season and we real and and the whole point is that Vecna is tormenting people that have something in their past that is tormenting mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, well, what the heck is tormenting Chrissy? And then it, it kind of, it finally. Yeah. Started. Yeah. The bulimia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else should we talk about? Oh, I love the scene with her and Eddie in the woods. Oh, I did too. I thought that was really great. I thought that was great writing. I thought it was good to, I mean, there was some nice, you know, dimensional characters. I thought, you know, he's not just the burnt out, you know, head and she's not just the, you know, the prissy cheerleader, the Angela. I mean, she could have very much been an Angela. Yeah. And she wasn't at all. Yeah. So I thought that was good. And I love the name of his band was Corroded Coffin. (laughs) (laughs) I just like how he's like, I mean, he has, he's 20, I guess. And he's still in high school because- Well, he's been he's held back at least twice. Years. Twice, yeah, right? yeah, at least. Yep. Yep. So, um, do yourself a favor. Do not Google corroded coffin. <laughs> just out of curiosity. Oh no! I was just I kind of not. curious. I'm like, is that a real thing? Is that like a you know? And, and of course, pictures of corroded coffins, <laughs> which is oh. just kind of interesting. And then we get to the game, the two games going on at the same time. Um, I thought you know, great editing. Yes. And, and and writing there to kind of both the Sinclairs just yeah living their best life and I'm like is one gonna miss is one gonna miss are they both oh I thought Lucas was for sure oh absolutely yeah and I'm pretty sure that was like he hadn't played very much he'd like been riding the bench yeah Yeah, that's what he said he he, he had been riding the bench the only he only got in because um that player was intentionally kind of knocked out of the game essentially yeah um I love Erica with the flag Oh gosh. Kind of rounding yes. the corner because you can't spell yeah. America. Not like slow Erica. motion. I loved the whole like montage of them trying to get other players. Yeah. Like when they were yeah, that was great. asking I other people. I love the uh the science guy with the with the sparklers <laughs> coming out of his yeah. test tube. <laughs> He's like your old dice. No. Yeah. And, so. and the wrestler, the wrestler guy with the mouth, the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. It was it was cool. Yeah, it was great. And then we can, you know, kind of skip ahead to the end where Chrissy meets her untimely demise. That was, that was some pretty rough, pretty yeah. rough stuff. We don't see Hopper at all in episode one, do we? No, nope. we do. No, we don't. Nope. Okay. You guys no, have it's, to it's forgive me. I've watched these yeah, so many times. They've all the ran together. First and only episode of the series that he's not in. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we get to Chrissy's and. I, I there's I still have a lot of questions about like Max's family life anyways like why like Neil leaving and but they're still being like in an official map it says like what's Billy's last name Herring Grove no uh Hargrove Hargrove Herring Grove is the ship <laughs> of Steve and Billy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's a bridge called Hargrove Bridge and so I thought for sure it's gonna have some tie to Billy but it does not because Neil just packed up and left, I guess. So, so. I, I think this was the Duffer saying, be warned. <laughs> this, is, this season's going to be pretty intense. And, and Well, yeah. And that's what I've told, you know, my brother was asking, like, can my nephew watch it? And he's 10. And I was like, I don't know, Jason. I was like, you need to watch. Just watch the first episode. So it doesn't get any worse. You'll see that sort of thing again. But that gives you an idea yeah. of how bad it's going to get. Yeah. I mean, the, the image of Chrissy's dad with his, with his eyes and oh. mouth all sewn up and everything. I was, literally, my jaw dropped the first time I watched it. Yeah. Like I really like was shocked. Yeah. Like I, I know everybody says scarier, 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 but I was really like, Oh my gosh, like this is straight. Like, I mean, and it was just so much nightmare on Elm street Yeah, with yeah. the, and it's all coming at you like really fast and furious. I mean, she rounds a mm-hmm. corner and it's her dad. She goes in the other corner and her mom turns around and her face is all messed up. And then she comes back yeah. out and the, and the table full of food is there with the flies and the spiders. And then Beckman. Yeah. Sitting, yeah. yeah. It was, it was it's crazy. Gross. And yeah. then like the whole, like pulling her up on the ceiling was just like a total love letter to nightmare on Elm street. That whole oh, scene. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like, yeah. and the whole, just why does he have to pull their eyeballs into their head? Yeah. Well, I'd rather that than pop them out of her head. So I guess we'll have to choose. I guess. I don't know. But the whole like, man, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the ring. That girl's face yeah. in the ring yeah. after she sees it. Like her face gets all made. Yeah. That's still one of yeah. the scariest movies I've ever not really seen the whole way through. Yeah, it's it's pretty scary. That's why I was like, Colin, I think this is going to scare you. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if you're going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of I kind of watched it in the daylight. <laughs> yeah it was a nice summer yeah. day so the windows were open 
you know, we can hear the birds it's chirping. It's not nearly outside, as bad. So. You probably shouldn't watch it at night with all the lights on. Yeah, I, I'm glad I was not in a darkened movie theater. We'll put it that way. So, yeah, that's true. That's okay, true. anything else episode related before we launch into all of our segments? We got a lot of stuff to talk about in here too. So no, no, I'm good. Okay, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with. You want to start with your Colin moment? Sure. Colin moment this week and. <laughs> Full disclosure, as we go on, I think Colin moments are going to be a little hard to come by toward the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of 80s nostalgia stuff going on, but I could have picked anything out of this one. I, I really love the basketball and the pep rally and all that stuff. That was kind of straight out of my junior high school days. But I kind of, I latched into uh, Nancy doing the newspaper, um, the weekly streak, because I, I was on the newspaper staff at my high school. And we did it that way. It was all paper and cut things and you type things and you cut things out and you had a light board and you tape them down. I mean, there were no really there were no computers. There was no InDesign or anything like that. It was it was literally I mean, we had um, trying to think when word processing typewriters came around, because I remember that might have been a little bit later, but I think it was strictly typewriter and you print it out and you cut up the piece of paper and you stuck it to the thing and it was on a light board and you could you put the photo in and then you just kind of took a picture of it and printed it and that was how you made your school newspapers so I oh just, my gosh like, that's so funny because evie asked me she was like is this how people used to make newspapers and i was like yeah yeah but in my head i thought it was just you know actual newspapers i didn't imagine like high school yeah newspapers having like a light board and stuff yeah yeah i mean we had light boards more for uh photographs and for negatives you know because because gotcha. you, you were on film, so you would, you know, kind of develop the negative and then you could, you know, either make a contact sheet, you know, which had all the negatives mm-hmm. printed out, or you could just kind of put them out on a, on a light board and use a loop and look through the loop at the, at the pictures. But yeah, that was, that was how it was done. And I just, I got a kick out of it, that that's what, um, that's how they did it. I did kind of scratch my head a little bit. It's like, where, why have we never heard about this newspaper before <laughs> this, this weekly, uh, weekly streak? Yeah. And yeah, I thought that too, especially with last season's, you know, Nancy backstory of, you know, she wants to be a journalist yeah. and yeah, I don't know. I thought you were going to pick for your column moment. I thought you were going to pick the Walkman that Max just had permanently yes. attached to her ears. Yeah, that was that was another thing, too. Obviously, yeah, there were there are a lot of things I could have picked in this episode. So, yeah, true. And, I, and a couple of things that I could have picked that I'll wait for later later episodes when we need to save them up when the entire like shows in the upside down. Right. <laughs> Okay, I, it's not a new segment, but I did want to mention we've talked in the past about all the tire peel outs and the burning rubber. <laughs> I counted five in this episode. Five in five. this episode alone. The Argyle had three of them in about two minutes because he like screeched into the driveway. That's so funny. Screeched out of the driveway and then screeched when they rounded the corner, you know, headed off to school. So there's three right there. And then, of course, Eddie coming home with Chrissy at the end of the night, he kind of comes in and slams on the brakes and s- you know kind of burns a little rubber yeah and then the one that i got the most kick out of was the mailman <laughs> delivering joyce's package where was he going like <laughs> it's like the it's a behind the van shot yeah and it just tears in and squeals <laughs> like where's he going like it's a, I mean, it's a mailman they, they i know never go faster than seven miles an hour what are they <laughs> How far away was the next mailbox? Okay. So um, another segment that I think is going to dry up toward the end of the season, but I got some for this week. So let's play a little. Where in the world is? A couple of these. One of them I have. Let's start with Lenora Hills. Uh, First of all, there's obviously there's no place in California called Lenora Hills. I did a little research. Couldn't really find much. But do you have any idea where Lenora Hills came from? I'm asking. I'm not, I'm not asking. Oh no, I don't know. I just know it was filmed in New Mexico, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was all in and around Albuquerque. I know mm-hmm. that. And, it, and I, I kind of got the idea that it was kind of outside of Los Angeles, kind of Southern California, as opposed to like up by San Francisco or, you know, yeah. but I don't know. The only thing I could come up with is there is a Lenora park in Georgia and it's a it huge park. It's a huge park East of Atlanta and it's like all the filming locations from seasons one through three are around this park. Oh, that has um, to be it then. So I have a feeling maybe they just kind of latched onto that. But I didn't know if Lenora might be the Duffer Brothers mom, but it's not. I looked that up. 
um, <laughs> just because it's a name. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a woman's name. So I was just kind of curious. So that, so I'm not going to quiz you on that one, but I did want to quiz you on Dynamite Falls Putt-Putt, which is the pennant in Elle's room at the beginning when she's reading the letter to Mike. She kind of zooms in on her table and on her wall is a pennant that says Dynamite Falls Putt-Putt. Is Dynamite Falls Putt-Putt real? Is it not real? And if it is real, where is it? I'm going to say it's real. It is real. And you're never going to get where it is. Oh, really? No. I was going to guess Tennessee. It's not Georgia. It's not Tennessee. It's not Indiana. So, no, there is, is a there's a Dynamite Falls putt-putt in Fairfield, New Jersey. Um, so I don't know if the Duffers or one of the writers happened to go there as a kid. It's still there. I mean, it's, it's still a functioning yeah. kind of adventure park. Surely it has to be something like that. I can't imagine in the five months that Elle has been in California that they took a road trip or a, or a vacation to New Jersey to go play at Dynamite Falls, but no, who knows? Also, Elle had her Strawberry Festival shirt on through the whole thing. Clearly, there is a Strawberry Festival. Any idea where the Strawberry Festival is in California? Hmm. It's actually right around where I kind of envision Lenora Falls being. Is it in... Oh, you're, I you're don't know, gonna, even know any place in yeah New you're Jersey. not gonna guess it. there's a strawberry festival in Oxnard California which is kind of northwest of Los Angeles kind of you loop loop around on the coast so it's kind of bef- it's before Santa Barbara it's kind why of why did you say it was where Dynamite Falls is not Dynamite Falls where no where I think Lenora Hills is oh you said Dynamite Falls oh. and I was like where in New Jersey no. would there be <laughs> sorry strawberry <laughs> sorry I meant kind of where I picture Lenora Hills gotcha being, so. gotcha um, and the last one, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quiz you on, but this was kind of an interesting thing because this is the kind of thing that just obsesses me. The, the crossword that, um, Brenner is doing at the beginning, mm-hmm. I'm like that looks a little too real to not be something. So I did a little research. And so there is a, uh, newspaper in Bloomington, Illinois called the Pentagraph, P-E-N-T-A-G-R-A-P-H, Pentagraph. And it is cut out of that newspaper. And the reason we know that is because of Jack Lewis jewelry, which is the little ad right next to the mm-hmm. right next to the crossword puzzle, which is advertised at 201 West Jefferson. And there was a Jack Lewis jewelry at 201 West Jefferson in Bloomington, Illinois. So I don't know if the Duffers were thinking it was Indiana and got their Bloomingtons mixed up because there's a very famous Bloomington in Indiana. Obviously yeah. That's where university is. Or... Um, they just never thought that their fans would be this obsessed if we yes. look into stuff like this. This is, this is how I spend my <laughs> nights these days. Yeah. Um, so then I even dug further. Did you go to the actual se- September 8, 1979 crossword puzzle? Yeah. So you can actually get to in the, and I'll, I'll, I'll post it. I have, I pulled up the crossword puzzle for September 8, 1979 in the Pentagraph. It is not the same crossword puzzle, but I did find on September 10th, 1979, that Jack, that same Jack Lewis ad. Mm-hmm. I'll also post that so you guys can see that. But then I took it one step further. <laughs> and the only thing I could really go on was the horoscope. So I looked up one of the horoscopes uh, just out of curiosity, just kind of I Googled the text of the horoscope. And that horoscope was not in that issue. It was in the September 10th issue. So they pulled one and but it wasn't all the horoscopes it was like one of the horoscopes and it wasn't the it wasn't the cross we have to it's bizarre i don't know what they did i mean they they got this random and the crossword isn't the same crossword most of the horoscopes aren't the same horoscopes and that jack lewis ad is in the same place so somebody cobbled together like five or six they had a light board i don't yeah (laughs) what they did so when we when we post this we have to tag matthew modine and ask him yeah and i yeah. will not be shocked if he responds because he's very engaged with his fans on yeah. twitter i just yeah. want to see if I'll he'll do that so if he'll give us an answer okay bunch of movie references in this so let's talk about some movies we should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something yeah i want to it's not a movie obviously but we should mention the hellfire club i'll post a link to this obviously to den of geek did a whole huge article on, on the, the importance X-Men. of the hellfire club and the x-men and actually even further back than that and yours truly Oh, that's right. You did. You're right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we'll just post yeah. the yours then. So we'll stuff. link to that. We'll link to that. Instead of Den of Geek. <laughs> Forget Den of Geek. We will link. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we already mentioned War Games. You already mentioned Fast Times. E.T. Phone Home was written in the phone booth when Dustin was calling Steve about joining the game. So that was in there. I was reminded mm-hmm. of Hoosiers with the um, 
Jason wanting to take the last shot. That was kind of the, the key storyline point of Hoosiers. Um, yes. And then uh, Dustin saying, never tell me the odds, yeah. which is straight out of Empire yes. Strikes Back. So I don't know. You, there are probably quite a few horror things in there, too, obviously. Argyle yeah. was, was the chauffeur in Die Hard. I don't know if that's where they got it from, but it reminded me of that. So I don't know. Uh, uh, the whole set, like the whole last 10 minutes of the episode is just one big homage to uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like just the right. whole and it reminds me, like, and I know they took a lot of inspiration from Dream Warriors, which is a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, uh, but it also reminded me of A Nightmare on Elm Street 4 when Freddy has the food and there's, like, a model and he's force feeding her and it, like, goes along with Chrissy's, like, bulimia storyline and then the whole, like, pulling her up on the ceiling was straight from Nightmare on Elm Street, all of it. And, yeah. um, and Vecna actually reminds me a lot of Pinhead yeah just yeah like pinhead from hellraiser fed off of didn't he feed i've never seen hellraiser i just know enough about it right to like you know yeah, i haven't either but, it, I'm, but i'm aware of it in the zeitgeist yep yeah i think like he feeds off of sadness or fear or something like that's yeah. which is very similar to what Vecna's doing because he's targeting kids with trauma and yeah. and or sadness people that have been hurt before right. i should say so there's that. also I got a kick out of Freddie Benson um, being the character name for oh, iCarly from iCarly. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, uncle uh, uh, Eddie's uncle mentions uh, the, the guy with the white mask and the babysitters talking about Michael Myers and Halloween. Yes. Michael Myers. Yeah. They actually name drop. It's not in this episode, but they name drop Freddie Krueger at one point, which I think is funny because right. Robert England is in this season. Yep. All right. Let's talk about some little things. Little things. Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What did what did you see? How much is Reebok paying <laughs> to be in the show? <laughs> I mean, Elle's diorama is a Reebok box. A Reebok. Chrissy's yeah. shoes are. I mean, all you see are Chrissy's bright new spangly white Reeboks. They're in there. Later on, you see Jason's spangly white Reeboks in uh, mm-hmm. episode, I think three. Uh, you see Which Jason's- I guess. I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't think of Reebok today as like the, when I think of like sports shoe, I think of Nike. Right. Uh, I mean, I know Reebok around, but I don't still don't think of it as like the go-to shoe for yeah. most people. But in the eighties, I remember like Reeboks being a big deal and it was running around 86, 87. I was in like first and second grade. Yeah. yeah. I remember begging my mom for a pair of Reeboks that were purple and mint green. Right. Uh, and then I liked um, I liked how Lucas had Larry Bird's Converse sneakers on, which were which were kind of cool. They fit the school colors, obviously, but also Larry Bird is from oh, Indiana, yeah. so that that makes sense. And then today yep. I actually called eight hundred five four five Pizza. Have you have you called the uh, Surfer Boy Pizza number? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Uh, seen from it's actually in the show. Yeah, it's it's from episode four when um, I couldn't or, remember which one it was. Yeah, when Agent Harmon calls, um, we'll get there. Obviously, when Agent Harmon calls to order the pizza, and and Argyle answers uh-huh. and talks about the canned pineapple and everything. So that's, that's yes. the scene that's on the. Uh, another little thing I liked was when Dustin and Mike went running up the hill to the elementary school to recruit Erica, and the skateboard is coming down, and Dustin turns around and goes, "Wear a helmet." <laughs> if you didn't catch that. I, I could completely see that not being scripted. He just kind of turned around and said it, which I thought was yeah. Neat. Um, and then a couple little goofs I wanted to mention, um, uh, the mailman delivers the package and they're waiting for Jonathan's college acceptance letter and says, don't worry. They tend to come at the end of the week. Uh-huh. It is Friday. Oh, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, and then the Newsweek that Eddie is reading from, um, and he's reading the Dungeons and Dragons article from it. The, the Newsweek with the showdown headline did come out in, march of 86 it had a different cover different picture on it I'll, I'll put links to all this stuff too uh and then the dungeons and dragons article that he's referring to um actually came out in september of 85 um okay. so they weren't in the same issue um and he was also what he was quoting wasn't in the article but it was essentially the gist of the article so but that's all gotcha. i had for that's all i had for some little things all right let's uh let's blow through some music First song is California Dream and not by the Mamas and the Puppas, as most people think. Uh, that version was recorded in 1965. This is the 1986 version recorded by the Beach Boys for their Made in USA Greatest Hits album. It went out to number 57 on the charts. 
So yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's a very fitting song, obviously. Um, right. Being in California, but I thought it was interesting they chose the the Beach Boys version and not the Mamas and Papas version. Oddly the, enough, I thought it was the Beach Boys that always sang that song. So we learn something new every day. <laughs> I thought they had redone it, but I thought they had done it before, like in the '60s, like or you know late '60s or something, because I knew the Mamas and Papas version was oh, okay. from the late '60s. But yeah, it was until 1986 that they did their version. So. Next song is Object of My Desire by Starpoint. And I'm hearing this song and I'm like, how do I not know this song? I know every 80s song ever made. And I just mm-hmm. did not remember the song at all. And then I, I finally, I finally was listening to it and I listened to the whole thing. And I got to the point where I'm like, oh, that song. So this is the part. What part? So then, yes, hearing that, I'm like, okay, now I know what song it is. So uh, came out in March of 1985, reached number 25 on the charts, uh, but went to number eight on the R&B charts. So before I go any further, I do want to mention we got an email from Jason, one of our listeners, and he kind of threw a theory out there that I'm actually kind of okay with. It's not 100%, but I'm I'm kind of coming on board. His thought was, because there's so many anachronistic songs, Mm-hmm. If the characters are actually listening to a song, like in the headphones or on a stereo or something, that it's time correct. But if it's just kind oh, of in the I background. That. Now, that doesn't always hold true because I remember in the first season when Steve's driving around, um, I think it's when they're going to the party at his house where Barb eventually dies. They're listening to Sunglasses at Night. And that I mm-hmm. think was like four or five months early. But I oh, think, yeah. But I think that's closer than anything else we've come up with. So kudos to Jason for, right. for sending that email in. So. Next song, which is the theme of the series, you will be hearing the song a lot, is Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Came out in August of 1985, went to number 30 on the charts, was her highest charting song here in the United States, but she did have a number one hit in England called Wuthering Heights, which is one of my favorite songs of hers. I have literally never heard of Kate Bush until the show came out. I do not know how I don't know who she is. I have no idea either. I was, I, just no getting, idea. I was just getting ready to say children of the 80s will know Kate Bush because her song, This Woman's Work, is playing and she's having a baby when the baby is being delivered and Kevin Bacon is in the waiting room and they show kind of the, the flashbacks of their I've life I've seen together. that movie, yes. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs in any John Hughes movie, a favorite, um, favorite scenes in John Hughes movie. It's so good. Um, and that's Kate Bush too. She, it, okay. this woman's work. So next song is I was a teenage werewolf and fever, um, by the cramps. These are the songs that are playing when Eddie's in the, uh, cafeteria talking about yeah, how they- he's been held back. It's not the same song though. It's two different. Yeah, it's two songs. different songs. Same but they group, kind two of, songs. But they kind of inter, like it's a those that seems very close together because yeah, yeah they 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 blend right into each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they both came out in 1980 um, on their album, "Songs That the Lord Taught Us" by the Cramps, one of the all-time great punk bands um, of the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, kind of was a fixture at CBGB's way in the, in the late seventies. I know who the kind cramps of, are. Yeah. Launched the punk movement. No, I'm not telling you. I'm telling everybody else. Oh, you know, you know like, yeah. Why are you explaining this to me? I know who they are. <laughs> no, you know who they are. Next song, uh, Play With Me by Extreme. Which I heard first on the Bill and Ted soundtrack. It came out in 1989. So anachronistic song, but playing in the background, going with Jason's theory. So love this song, but this is the song in Bill and Ted when they're running around the mall and everybody's doing everything and mm-hmm. Beethoven's playing on the keyboards in the music store and all that kind of stuff. So uh, play with me by extreme uh, never charted was never really released as a single. Um, and of course everybody knows extreme for more than words, which was their, you know, really only big hit that they ever had. So, and then the last song is Detroit rock city by kiss. Came out in July of 1976, did not chart. Uh, Interestingly, though, it was on the B-side. Detroit Rock City was the A-side. The B-side was Beth, 
which went on to be one of their biggest hits, went to number seven. And, you know, it's kind of a mainstay Kiss mm-hmm. song. So it's kind of funny because the B side became more popular than the A side. But Detroit Rock City is now very popular, obviously. But at the time, never really did much. So there's your music. Question about music. What song was playing when the guys are asking everybody to do to join D&D? That's the that's Play With Me. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. The, you know, the, the kind of the heavy metal kind of glam band. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think we're left with superlatives. Ooh. I think we did it. We're all the way there. Uh, and I was a little rusty coming up with my superlatives because it's been however many weeks since we've watched a new episode. I don't know right? how to handle myself. I, I've forgotten how, like, how much time I spend taking notes and Googling things and looking up things yeah. and, and uh, writing the recap. And I'm like, oh I, my God. Yeah. I feel like everybody that listens is like, Colin does a lot of note taking and Whitney just shows up and talks. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, so what do you got? Best line? Uh, my favorite line is the whole of this whole episode is when Max or Dustin's asking Max to to be oh. part of the Dungeon of Dragons. If I play, do I get one of those cool t-shirts? <laughs> yes. Really? Everyone gets a t-shirt. We make them ourselves. And if you... You're being sarcastic. You're being sarcastic? Just being sarcastic. I loved Erica's entry into the Dungeons and Dragons club, into club, you know, the Hellfire when everybody's like what are you like a level one dwarf yeah and and then she says my name is lady applejack and i'm a chaotic good half elf rogue level 14 and i will sneak behind any monster you throw my way and stab them in the back with my poison so kukri and i'll smile as i watch them die a slow agonizing death so we're gonna do this or we're gonna keep chit-chatting like this is your mommy's book club i also love that her character is Lady Applejack, which is a which great is my, my Little Pony. Yeah, great little callback to you know season three with My Little Pony. So yeah, okay, most spirited, take your pick. Oh uh, yeah, there was a lot. Um, I actually just went with Karen Wheeler as a whole because <laughs> everything about her from the neck episode, up, which we've got to get to this at some point. I need to know why Karen Wheeler has her own poster. It keeps me up at night. I, yeah. I have to, we have to discuss this. It has to, I need, if the Duffers, if you're listening, please just answer this question for me. Why did she get her own poster? But yeah, I think it was just kind of, she's also been kind of relegated in the credits too. She's no longer kind of starring. Now she's also starring. But there's that one scene of her in the trailer where she's like shielding Holly yeah. from flying debris. So right. something happens. That's true. Uh, my most spirited, I went with the kind of the whole basketball game, but I really, I got a kick out of the short shorts. Um, yeah. it was, it was kind of neat to see them again, you know, and <laughs> that's, that's how it used to be folks. Uh, oh, it's coming and, back. Yeah. Google the, you know, 1986 NBA finals. That's, that's, that's Ooh. what people wore. Ooh. Okay. Stranger thing. I think we're probably unanimous on this one. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's Chrissy's eyeballs. Yeah. I yeah. can't, it is the, the jaw yeah. breaking. The eyeballs getting sucked back into her head. Yeah, yeah, it is rough. Yeah, when she when she launched up to the ceiling, I I about lost it. I think. Yeah, it's the breaking of the it's the bending of the limbs and the unnatural yeah. angles. Just yeah, not a yeah. fan. I was also very freaked out by the bathroom scene with Vecna um, too. But you know, if you watch with captions, which I do. No matter what, I have to watch everything. Squelching. There's a lot of squelching. A lot of wet squelching. Yes. <laughs> and also, why didn't they put some some pants on Vecna? You can see his little Vecna butt cheeks. <laughs> like you can, you can see there. You can see it. And I am some, seeing, uh, put and some jean shorts on him or something or something. Yeah. Maybe some basketball <laughs> shorts. I don't know, but I no joke. I've seen actual thirst tweets for. Vecna. Oh, good lord! Not for the actor who plays Vecna, but for Vecna himself, like gross old, wrinkly, viney Vecna. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along, MVP. I gave it to my man Eddie. I gave it to my man Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie. Oh, yes, love him. And I'm telling you guys, if you are watching this, close your eyes and listen to his voice. It is Robert Downey Jr. He reminds me yeah, so much of yeah. him. It, it took me 
you know, a couple of times of watching it, but I, I, yeah, I, I caught it eventually. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I and he's him. just so charming Yeah, and I really didn't think I was going to like him that much. I was kind of like, eh, all right, new character. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, that, and that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from too. I mean, talk about running up that hill. I mean, here's, you know, he's coming into a series, a huge, well-beloved, well-established yes. series, and he's kind of the new kid on the block. Uh, I mean, there were several new kids on the block, but he's like the main new kid on the yeah. block. And and he not only you know holds his own, but he he steals the show out out from under a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And again, we talked about that scene in the woods with Chrissy. Uh, I think that really helped him a lot. I think I think that was a great scene to put in. I there. do too. I can't. I like to imagine what could have happened had Chrissy not, you know, been mangled. Yeah. Okay, so I think that about wraps it up. I do want to mention we've been getting some emails and some Facebook messages and stuff like that. A lot of them are episode specific. So we are holding on to those and we will talk about them when we get to those episodes. So we did get your emails. We did get your messages. um, But we're not going to talk about stuff that happened in, you know, episode six here. We will, but we will wait and we will hold them on. So I also do want to mention that Whitney and I are guests on the Waiting in the Sky podcast, which comes out today. Our buddy TJ runs that podcast and we were guests on that. So look that up. It's called Waiting in the Sky. So Mm -hmm. look that up and you will hear Whitney and I wax poetic about all of, well, most of- All things stranger. Most of volume one because TJ hadn't seen all of this. Yeah, we had to to keep it. It's spoiler free. So yeah, so look that up. But but I think that's about it. It's, It's great to be back. We're happy to be back. If you have any questions or comments, you can always email us at scoopsahoypod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at scoopsahoypod on Twitter. You can also tweet me if, you know, if you want to get something specific that maybe we didn't see in scoopsahoypod. I'm at wit underscore Danhauer. Colin is at, at pop Colin. You can find us that way too. You can always find us on Facebook and we would love it if you like and subscribe and maybe even review scoops ahoy on apple itunes because that gets us in front of other listeners like yourself so i want to thank everybody for listening and i hope you tune in next time thanks guys bye bye Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Bixabay.